We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into a Tuesday edition, and not just any other ordinary Tuesday edition. You're going to want to be listening today, especially at 820, 830, 840. Uh, we got a chance for you to win a $500 hy V gift card for your big game spread. That's right. I like that. 820, 830, 840. We're going to have three contestants. Everyone's going to get 60 seconds to answer questions about our show's history. One person each day is going to be registered to win the $500 gift card from Hy-Vee for your big game spread. How about that? All you have to do is know some stuff about the show. We just celebrated the 13 years of this show. Plenty of material to go over. Plenty of stuff that's been a fabric of the show over the years. If uh, you know stuff about the show, you'll have a better chance to uh, to get registered. So 820, 830, 840 today. Chance to win a $500 Hy-Vee Gift card, the official grocer of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can find a huge selection of Chiefs apparel, Chiefs plates, napkins, party supplies. Get your Chiefs-themed cookies, cakes, and cupcakes, everything else to throw that big game party. How about 500 bucks at Hy-Vee? That'll go a long, long way. So that's coming up today at 820. Our playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, and scenic views. Meanwhile, the fallout continues from the, uh, the championship game because every time something happens involving the, the Chiefs, uh, someone wants to come out later and change the rules. Well, and, and this one is 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 like like lunacy, man. Like th- th- this one is that uh, I'm looking at, and we're going to talk about this morning here on 610 Sports Radio. Josh is 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 ultimate lunacy, and that's now people wanting to change the roughing the passer penalty or the illegal hit out of bounds penalty from a 15 yard penalty to a five yard penalty, or have two versions of it like they used to have with the face mask penalty. And when they had that face mask penalty, that was either a five yarder or a 15 yarder. It was left up to official interpretation based on what these referees have done over the last couple of years. I don't want them interpreting any rules at all and allowing any gray area in rules at all, because for the most part, 
these folks are incompetent at doing that on the field in that kind of pace of play. I think we would all be incompetent out there in in that pace of play, in that speed to determine whether something should be a five-yard penalty or a 15-yard penalty. And so that's now the new, I guess, wave of national media going out there and trying to change the game because, yet again, the Kansas City Chiefs found a way to win. You may recall last year in the postseason when the Chiefs went on, wound up and beat Buffalo in overtime, they had to change the overtime rules because the Buffalo Bills whined like little children at the owners' meeting and stomped their feet and said it wasn't fair because they didn't get an opportunity in overtime. What also wasn't fair is you gave up a field goal with 13 seconds to go in regulation, you dumbasses. And so you had the opportunity to prevent it there or, I don't know, win the effing game in regulation, and, and, and you didn't do that. So overtime got changed in the postseason because the Buffalo Bills went out there and cried and whined and screamed and kicked and carried on like a, like a two-year-old in the middle of the floor flopping around and then going limp. And so we changed the overtime rules. And now the Kansas City Chiefs are facing it yet again because there are legitimately people out there in the national media who I believe don't understand what they're watching and don't have a grasp on sports. One of those will be Courtney Cronin from Around the Horn. I've never heard of that person before until I saw this video of where she, she had she to does say. does a fine job. Does she? Do you know I'm her? No, I, I'm not sure she does a fine job. Yeah, I, She's I, on Around the Horn. I, I, I've never heard of her before. I don't know who no, that is. Chicago that covers the Bears. Oh, apparently. is that what yeah. it is? So if, just because you're in Chicago, you get the opportunity to go on the national show and spew nonsense. And then SI.com also talked about it as well, about, you know, kind of finding a way to have a five-yard and a 15-yard penalty, what it all boils down to. If you go back and watch the play and and I've watched it now I don't know how many times I've watched this play on Patrick Mahomes because it's easy for for the national narrative the low-hanging fruit if you will to throw that out there that you know the Chiefs lost because of the officials and it was a bad call along the sidelines and what was this player supposed to do when he was that you know close to Patrick Mahomes first and foremost Patrick Mahomes was past the big long white stripe that was out of bounds that's two or three yards wide he was past that white stripe this guy hit him as he was approaching the bench there was plenty of room for that gentleman number 58 osai to hold up and not hit patrick mahomes second of all you have to wonder man how slow are you in the cincinnati Bengals if you got out foot raced by a man with one ankle right i mean patch patrick mahomes was hobbling around on one leg and he outran the Bengals defense and they had to have a late hit along the sidelines in order to stop patrick mahomes and so factor that in as well but that hit out of bounds was not close to the sidelines. There was no question that it was a late hit. There's nothing to truly debate. Yet now here's the national media trying to fuel this narrative that it's not fair. You're absolutely right. I am so tired of people saying things aren't fair. Welcome to the real world. Put your big boy pants on and understand life isn't about being fair. It's about doing what's right and working your ass off to get to certain levels and not just be handed stuff. I'm not going to start handing these NFL teams things because, quote, unquote, it's not fair. And we live in a world where everybody wants to be fair. Well, that's not the way the world works. You have 60 minutes on the clock. The Chiefs have 60 minutes on the clock. You each have an opportunity to win a football game. The Kansas City Chiefs won that game in the confines of that 60 minutes. Did that play help the Chiefs win? You, yeah. you, you bet it helped the Chiefs yeah. win. But you know what else? The Chiefs had an interception and a touchdown called back by the officials as well in this football game. So for anybody out there focusing in on this play and this play only, you're sorely mistaken. It helped in a big way. I'm not going to deny it. 
But at the end of the day, the Cincinnati Bengals had 59 minutes and 52 seconds earlier to do more, and they didn't. And Joe Burrow still threw two interceptions in that ballgame. Yeah, Michael Rosenberg of SI wrote a a, a long piece about um, the penalty. He said it's not uh, what bothered him was the punishment. 15 yards for that. This, I think, is one of the fundamental problems with NFL officiating these days. Too frequently, the punishment does not fit the crime. Imagine a five-yard penalty in that situation. Mahomes ran out of bounds of the Bengals 42. That meant a 60-yard field goal attempt, but they tried it after the five-yard penalty would have moved it up 55 yards. That's a significant difference, but not nearly as significant as the Chiefs getting a 45-yarder, which is what happened. I am not just reacting to what happened this weekend. NFL rules for late hits for roughing the passer were intended for players who tried to harm an opponent. Now they mostly punish players who don't work hard enough to avoid an opponent. That's a big shift. Yet players are being penalized like they're trying to injure even when they clearly are not. How many times have you seen a roughing the passer penalty that was not rough at all? Those kinds of plays shouldn't give the offense 15 yards on an automatic first down. Make it five yards, no automatic first down, the default. Then give the refs the right to assess an additional 10-yard personal foul penalty if they think there was ill intent. That's the part I don't like. Yeah, how do you determine intent? I don't want any more officials deciding what the level of something is. Right. How many times do we have to do what is a catch? Mm -hmm. It's awful. Yes. I'm, I'm so annoyed when someone runs the football and all you have to do is stretch out over the pylon. You're clearly out of bounds. Right, Give me a break. right, the right. pylon thing. And all, all you have to do is reach over the pylon, and they call it a touchdown when you're running the ball. Mm-hmm. But when you catch the ball, you have to have both feet down, hold the ball, show it to an official, deliver smile, a baby, roll over, catch. We, we go through 18 scenarios to catch a football, mm-hmm. and they're all up to the official to decide. Right? Why would I? Why would I give them that leeway to decide? whether it's a five or 15, they're all 15. They're Sorry, all 15. They're all 15. They're all 15 yard penalties. I agree. And, and if, if falling on the, the quarterback and getting 15 yards, you know, in the backfield when you're sacking them is, is 15 yards. It's 15 yards. Like, sorry, everybody knows the rule now. Mm-hmm. And when someone's going out of bounds and they're hit out of bounds, there's a chance they could be injured. Right. Have you you've been on the sidelines? You see yeah, what's you down there. There's not a lot of room crashing in there, and there's there's no reason for it. Right? There's people. There's benches. There's fire. He's going out of bounds. Right? Escort him out of bounds. You hit him. It's fifteen. Like no big. Like yeah, it's right. fifteen. It's fifteen yards. It's called every time. We see it all the time. You hammer something yards. I'm not going to say well it's five unless the official Carl Cheffers uh, decides whether or not it's an extra ten or not. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. In there, on it's that. just it's it's. It's 15. Boom. Right. Everybody knows the rule. It's cut and dry. We don't have to leave it up to referee interpretation. I don't want any referee interpretation. I don't, I don't trust it. I don't like it. Well, and it because it depends on what referee you have. One yes. referee may decide that that's a five-yard penalty. Another referee may look at that and decide that is a 15-yard penalty. And when you mentioned Michael Rosenberg and him talking about, like, it, this isn't because of that penalty, well, why weren't you talking about this in October then when we were talking about the Chris Jones penalty and a lot of the roughing the passer penalties then? This is an Those opportunity. Those are left up to interpretation, I think, right. now too much. Too much. Too <laughs> much. Know, yeah, like... too much. But but I also think this is grandstanding by these folks right now because they know it's Super Bowl week and they have the eyes and ears of a lot of people that aren't necessarily sports fans that are consuming sports right now. And when you put a, a story out like that, it riles people up. 
because it is low-hanging fruit, and people get excited and worked up about situations like that. But the five-yard penalty that folks are suggesting right now, that to me is not enough of a deterrent for a defensive lineman to not go oh, after. I, go I, take I, a shot I, at it. I would 1,000% tell my defensive lineman, you know what, it's a five-yard penalty. Hammer so him. I go blast them. Hammer him. Go blast them. And, and you know, at the end of the day, the quarterbacks are the most important athletes in American professional sports today. Without these great quarterbacks, we're not talking about how great these football teams are, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow Hell, or Brock Josh Purdy. Allen, Brock Purdy, right? <laughs> how yeah, bad I mean, was that game how, with no quarterback? How bad was that with no quarterback? That's exactly right. <laughs> the, 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 the game needs to protect the quarterbacks. They're the most important, vital parts of the NFL. And you know what? They're more valuable than a random offensive lineman or a running back or a wide receiver. All those guys are plug and play. We're seeing it right now here in Kansas City. If, if folks in Kansas City still are thinking, oh, you need to go out and get high-priced wide receivers, then you miss this entire season. It's all about that quarterback and the way that that quarterback and head coach do things and make the guys around them better. Nobody else on the field is truly responsible for making the guys better and accentuating their play than the quarterbacks. Who are the faces of the NFL when you look around the league? It's the quarterbacks. And so the league does need to protect the quarterbacks. I would rather have a bad 15-yard penalty called against my team than to lose a guy like Patrick Mahomes for the season because they decided now it's only a five-yard penalty. Because if they ever did that, you know damn well Josh, it would be open season on quarterbacks, and I don't want to see that happen to anybody around the Not league. Not to mention, do we want to argue whether everyone's a 5 or 15? Or a 15, and then have to go to a Every review week. to see whether or not that's Every, a, an extra 10 yards. Every week, all yeah, the time? all the time. No. I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> in doing that at all. Uh, they discussed it yesterday on Around the Horn on ESPN. Courtney Cronin, who covers the, uh, the Bears for, uh, for ESPN, wants the penalty changed as well. Joseph Osai was one second too late for the biggest play of his life, and to Frank's point, I just really don't know what more he could have done there. He's going full speed at Patrick Mahomes, whose foot is about 15% out of bounds at that point. Wrong. And if you don't, if he pulls up, then Patrick Mahomes can tuck tuck and you know well run a few more bounds, yards, pick up the first the down, lady. and then some. Like, he was kind of SOL at that point, to no. be quite honest with you. And to add injury to insult, you saw him hurt his knee there. He said to reporters after the game that he's going to have to get an MRI today. It's just unfair. And that's not the play that they lost the game on. There were plenty more moments for the Cincinnati Bengals that we can lay blame on more than the Joseph Osai unnecessary roughness play. I think we need to take a look at the unnecessary roughness rule as a whole. That should not be a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I totally disagree with all of that. 15% out of bounds, no. He was he was across the white line. He was well out of bounds, angling out of bounds, and there was no reason that Joseph Asai needed to hit Patrick Mahomes in that situation. That was a frustration play that he made, a frustration play that he took out on uh, Patrick Mahomes and went out there and delivered a blow that he did not need to do. He could have pulled up and should have pulled up and went into like a barrel roll to get out of the way of the quarterback. That was a clear 15-yard penalty, and everything she said there is total hogwash because he wasn't 15% out of bounds, and what's he supposed to do? Go back and watch the play. It's pretty well, that's evident. I'm saying. That, that's an example of what a refer- referee would do. I don't want that. Right. I don't want him to determine that oh, Mahomes was 15% out of bounds. No, no, right. And then he said that's a five yard and said, right. no, I don't want, no, it's 15. Yeah. It's, it's Come just on, 15. bro, let's go.
It's just 15. We're not going to we're not going to debate these penalties every week. And that's no. what would happen. Right. We get the the open the door to five to 15. That's every single week. That's right. what is a catch. Did anybody enjoy what is a catch? No, not Have at all. They continue to enjoy what is a catch. No, it's excruciating. Right. <laughs> it's, it's awful. I mean, it's bad enough. They let like like roughing the kicker between a five and a 15 yard <laughs> penalty. Right. I mean, like that that penalty, you have to determine whether or not that's the 15 yarder or the five yarder. They, again, they eliminated the face mask. Usually one. pretty easy, though. They're bad actors. It, it, yeah, they are. But I mean, but we're still allowing it up to interpret. <laughs> Interpretation, right? Yeah, yeah. And and if all of a sudden quarterbacks are going out there and falling down and doing all this kind of stuff and bad acting, no, I, I just don't want we've got to stop trying to reinvent this game when it doesn't make sense. And this just absolutely doesn't make sense. Oh well, Patrick will have to defy the odds again. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus, drops by the show every Friday at 7.30, right here on 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Coverage brought to you by Centric. Learn more at centric.com slash 610. Along with Bob Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler. Brian Williams, Meetup Producing. You guys going to see Cocaine Bear? Absolutely. That's a true story, right? Seth is inspired, inspired by it. Inspired by it. Yeah, so, yeah they're, they're taking their liberties, we, but yeah. We, well, I mean, We yes. all asked each other the other night, was like, so how'd they get the bear side of the story? Yeah, that's a good question. I do like that. That's that's really that's good. That's for the they, reboot did they, did they, later, and, and who, like 10 years. Who found the bear all hyped up on cocaine, too? That's the other question that I want to know. Exactly. And so is this, is this a... Um, and do you know? Yeah, how do you know if a bear's like, on coke? Is right. it just a bear... And how hopped or, up was the person that found it? Right, or like, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, I've seen I've seen this before. That bear is hopped up on coke. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you determine it. I've I, ran I, across this guy before. <laughs> I got a text during the game from a buddy of mine, and he said, "Did I just see a commercial for a movie called Cocaine Bear?" 
And I responded back, yes, yes, it's based on a true story. And I never heard back from the gentleman. After. Like that was it. <laughs> I said that, like, that was all he needed. Wait a second here. That's based on a true story. I'm like, yeah, apparently. So I, I thought at first it was another Seth MacFarlane type deal, you know, where he had Ted and, and you know, he talked to that stuff. <laughs> right. 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 So I, saw, I figured Cocaine Bear was like the offspring of like what happens when Ted, Ted and the guy. Takes it too far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Is this, a, is this a farcical, you know, thing? I, I felt like Al Michaels at a second. It's truly a farcical movie. But no, I, I mean, like, it's it's based on something true. And I, there's just so many unanswered questions. I, I, I guess the movie's going to try to answer these things. But I don't know, man. Like, there, there's a lot of bear walking around these days. I don't know so much about these parts. But I know my parents up in North Jersey, they have bear in their yard all the time where they used to not because we're cutting down trees and we're building, you know, apartment complexes that we don't need. That's why we have so much deer running around here as well we're, we're killing the environment for these animals so they have nowhere to go so they're ending up in people's yards and so we are having like more interaction with bear than we than we've had in the past so i'm wondering how we know if a bear is hyped up on cocaine or, or if he's eating weed brownies or, or maybe he's drunk or it's just a bear yeah it's just a bear because Usually when you see a bear, like, have you ever seen the movie The Great Outdoors? You know, they're growling. Was that bear hyped up on cocaine? Because that sure looked like a bear that was strung out. Or was it just something else in a picnic basket? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. Also, Ray Liotta's last movie. So that's, that's yeah, why it interests me, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be an interesting movie. I don't know that I'm going to get to the theater on that one, but I think if it you know shows up on the streaming device, I'm probably going to want to watch mm, that. Mm, mm, mm. All right, so... I guess it appears that uh, Patrick Mahomes will have to defy the odds once again. Once again. Because I see these things sometimes and I say, so? Yeah. Does that mean it can't? Right. Well, they want you to believe that Does you can't. Does that mean that can't happen? Right. It can happen, right? Anything can happen. Uh, a... And it better because I got $845 on this one. Wow. <laughs> Chiefs win. I get $845 from FanDuel, baby. Patrick Mahomes will try to be the first regular season MVP to win the Super Bowl now in 23 years. Hold on a second here. My MVP bets haven't paid yet. Patrick Mahomes hasn't technically won That's the true. MVP yet. But, but it seems like he's winning. He's it. winning the MVP, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah the, last, the last quarterback to win the Super Bowl, or the last player to win the Super Bowl that was an MVP of the season was Kurt Warner back in 1999. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts, man. That is absolutely nuts. Number one, maybe we're picking the wrong people to be <laughs> MVPs. I, was, I don't that's know. What I was wondering. Or they... You know, I don't know. Maybe they, they didn't come through in the postseason. Yeah, or, they, or they didn't come through in the postseason. Like Lamar Jackson was an MVP. He hasn't come through in the postseason. Or when Patrick won the MVP, they lost, you know, in, in the postseason to the to the New England Patriots in 2018. So he didn't get to the to the Super Bowl. And so he he's attempting to be the first MVP since 1999 to win that Super Bowl. The odd thing about that also is since that Kurt Warner, you know, winning of the Super Bowl, only nine MVPs have played in the Super Bowl over the last, what, 23 or 24 years. And, and and you figure two teams, that's 48 teams. Well, I mean, how many times did Aaron Rodgers win it? Hey! No! <laughs> that is right. Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP a lot, and probably right? Peyton Manning and, probably yeah, Peyton yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's a yeah. couple of Brady's in there as well. But this is why, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, like these MVP, these accolades don't matter to me anymore for Patrick Mahomes. I want those Super Bowl championships. And now, selfishly speaking, I win a nice chunk of change if Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP this year with the FanDuel app because I made all those bets in the preseason before this thing even started with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP. 
I stand to have a nice payday if those things happen. So I'm clearly rooting for it. But it doesn't matter if you win the MVP and put up those quote-unquote numbers, if you will, in, in, the, in the regular season. It matters what you do in the postseason. That's where your legacy is ultimately going to be written. And that's why it's so important, in my opinion, for Patrick Mahomes to get the second Super Bowl trophy so now we can truly move on and talk about a legacy of arguably now the greatest of all time. He's starting to impress some people finally, too. I don't know why. It's, yeah, it's taken a while, it's, it's, right? It's yeah. like taking a while for people to be impressed by, by Patrick Mahomes. Ryan Clark on uh, ESPN's Get Up. I think that's the other piece of it. I talked about it on Friday because we kept trying to get to the point of how will Patrick Mahomes' injury hinder him and hinder this offense. And I said, we have to remember that Patrick Mahomes is about being able to manipulate manipulate the game with his mind. He does have the best arm talent in the entire league. And then what we saw yesterday was the fact that he understands himself. He has not enough awareness to know, okay, I can't move the way I'm used to moving. Let me get the football out of my hands. Let me take the check down. Let me get to my third read and get the football to someone that can get yards after the catch. And then when I do need to make a play, when I do need to exceed the X's and O's, I can dig deep and find that play. This is one of those games that Patrick Mahomes didn't teach us anything he needed to teach us about his talent. He taught us about his leadership. Yeah, he taught yeah. us about his willingness Don't to be what? a part of a team. And then when you see the Travis Kelsey come over and scream what he screamed into the microphone, it's not because Patrick Mahomes is uber talented. It's because Patrick Mahomes is their guy. Patrick Mahomes is a dude that dug deep last week to play in the second half and did the same thing to fight to be there for his team this week and outplayed one of the other better quarterbacks in this entire league. I'm just, I just shake my head. Yeah, it's We're amazing. just finding this out. Right. We're just learning right now that Patrick Mahomes is good. And the, the, he's a leader. And he's a leader. And he's their guy. Like, did we, we just wake up on a Tuesday and go, Patrick Mahomes is good. <laughs> oh, my God. Tape delayed to the West Coast. I mean, we're down the road a little bit, aren't we now? We're five years into this thing, man. Like, <laughs> I think we should be pretty uh, awake to the fact that this guy's pretty darn good. He's got his teammates like him and play for him and... He's got their trust. Well, he's their Stuart Smalley. I mean, my God. Got their, just, we, just, we just learned that. I mean, we're I just learning that after that game against the Bengals. <laughs> but, I mean, take it one step further. Field Yates tweeted this one out. After Sunday's last second win, Patrick Mahomes has now guided three lead-changing drives in his playoff career that began with one minute or less on the clock. He's the only player in NFL history with more than one. No time's too short. Stay till the end. That's right. Never leave. There's always a chance when Patrick has the ball. Except for my wife, who's like crying with 13 seconds to go against Buffalo. I still don't understand that, Jen. Missed. Missed on that one. He's coached both the Chiefs and Eagles. Let's see how Dick Vermeil's doing. I bet he's doing great. (laughs) Next. Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour. Every weekday starting at 1130 on Cody and Gold. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler, Beta producing. So I guess it won't just be, I don't know, say the, the, the Kelsey family. Right. Who will be wearing the one side Chiefs jersey and the one side 
Eagles jersey. I, I would imagine Coach Vermeil's got to be wearing something like that. Vermeil will <laughs> probably have a split jersey. Will you not, Coach? You bet. <laughs> I've I've given it a lot of thought already, and I've come up with a formula that I I think I can satisfy myself and my close friends by saying I'm going to root for both teams. Oh, how are you? Like, like you're, you're really in a no lose situation. Now I know how much you've been into the numbers over the years with the spreadsheets and the turnovers and all that kind of stuff. So how long did you sit there and think, boy, what the heck am I going to do for this game? Well, the first thing I had to do is to approach it philosophically. Okay. So I said, like I started to say, I'm going to root for both teams to win and then feel sorry for the one that loses. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because we know only one team's going to win it. But, you know, I've looked at all the numbers, you know, and they're, they're both impressive. Of course, the Eagles are more impressive on defense uh, than the Chiefs are. But, you know, as I, the more I work with numbers over the years, I recognize that the numbers only tell you what they've been doing. They don't show the improvement toward an end of a season, I have 17 games of information. But it doesn't divide it up by the last five games of the season or the first five games of the season. It's an accumulation of all 17 games. And therefore, the numbers may not totally reflect the quality of the team as it plays today. Yeah, I mean, that that is interesting because I think the Chiefs' defense has gotten so much better as the season, you know, has gone along. And, and quite honestly, Coach, I, I think they're an underrated defensive unit, especially the way that they played against Joe Burrow and the way that Chris Jones took over that game. I mean, my gosh, they won that game on the heels of the defense. Yes, they did. You know, and uh, <laughs> a comment you made is so true. I can reflect back to my Super Bowl team with the Rams. We're the greatest show on turf, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we win the championship game on defense. Okay. Right. We actually won the Super Bowl on defense. Fortunately, in both of them, we scored enough points to win, but it, we weren't an offensive display, believe me. Yeah. What did you guys score? Like 12 points against Tampa and then like 22 yeah. in the Super Bowl or something like that? Like combined, yeah. that's less than what you guys right. were averaging going into those games. That's right. So, you know, it's. You know, defense, too, in some ways is is a more emotional side of the game. And the bigger the game in games like the Chiefs play and the Eagles are going to be playing now this last one, uh, defense, I think, uh, takes advantage of that emotion just a little bit more, that tempo. Because you could see even in the first quarter last week when the Chiefs' defense were on the field, they were getting after the quarterback. I mean, he, he a poor guy. He didn't, now, they, they lost a little at age edge during the game. You know, the defensive linemen don't quite have the quickness they had to start the game with. But all of a sudden, at the end of the game, they need it again, and here it comes. You know, here comes that intensity. Here comes that passion, because that's what pass rush is all about. And uh, I, it's, it's, I look at the numbers. I got them all in front of me. It's, I don't know how to say. Uh, I know this, that offensive numbers in wise to uh, in in regard to the Eagles aren't as impressive as the Chiefs, but they aren't bad. Okay. The defensive numbers for the Chiefs aren't as impressive as the Eagles, but they aren't bad. <laughs> so, you know, you're gonna get a blend uh, of performance by both sides of the ball and the day, as you've already mentioned, the guys that don't turn it over do a 
real good job in the critical situations where here's where the chief has been a little scary down in the red zone, preventing people from scoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, they score, you know, and, and those kinds of things real well down there, but uh, they're ranked very poorly in regard to the opponents in the red zone and, and conversions and these kind of things. So, uh, Interesting, like all Super Bowls should be. Hall of Fame head coach Dick Vermeil joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Thought about you during the season quite a bit, down the stretch especially. We were looking at Chiefs numbers, and uh, they finished the season minus three in turnovers. I thought, man, they're really defying the odds here. A 14-win team that's now advancing to the Super Bowl that was minus in the uh, giveaway uh, takeaway category. Yeah, you have to win in spite of it, and that's how good they are. You know, especially with the offense, you know, they can make the play. And sometimes it isn't exactly how it's drawn by Andy Reid and staff on the board, but they make the play. The quarterback makes the play. The receiver makes the great reception. I'm a little concerned about the receiver health going in for the the Chiefs this weekend. A lot of guys were crippled by the end of the game last week. So uh, I don't know what their status is going to be two weeks from now. Talking with Dick Vermeil here on 610 Sports Radio. And, and, Coach, the last time an MVP won the Super Bowl was Kurt Warner, your year, back in 1999. It looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP this year and obviously have an opportunity to win that Super Bowl. But w- when you look at, at Patrick Mahomes right now, are, are you already putting him next to you in Canton, Ohio? Has he done enough to kind of already earn those accolades? He's destined, okay, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I've been screwing around with the quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame and that kind of stuff. And, you know, there have been a, a – you know, obviously, there's been 112 quarterbacks playing the NFL Super Bowl, all right? 28 of the 56 guys that won the game are already in the Hall of Fame. 21 uh, of the Super Bowls played were lost by a Hall of Fame quarterback. So 49 uh, Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks were playing Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. 49 out of 112 quarterbacks to start the Super Bowl are in the Professional Football Hall of Fame already. Okay? 19 others uh, that started the Super Bowl destined to be. So, and you now you add these two guys uh, playing this weekend, that's 61% of them. You got to have the guy. <laughs> got to have the guy. Yeah, it, it, it's so important. And, you know, a, a lot of people are, are looking at that last play where Mahomes was hit out of bounds and it was a 15-yard penalty, rightfully so. And people are trying to, like, reinvent that penalty right now and saying, well, maybe there should be a 15-yard version or a 5-yard version. I totally disagree with that, Coach. I think they should all be 15 yards because you just laid out how important the quarterback truly is to the success yeah. and failure of a team. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, we got – we have fooled around with the rules enough in this game. Let's leave them alone. Let them play. Yes, <laughs> totally agree with that, Coach. I, can, can you call Roger Goodell and tell him that? Because it seems like every week we're trying to determine what's a catch, what's a first down, what's pass interference, what's you know an, an, an illegal hit. I think sometimes watching a game, we're doing too much thinking and not enough wine drinking. Yeah, well, that could be true. But, you know, it does. It gets so uh, – even my wife sitting next to you at ball game, she says, God, there's just too many things going on other than the game right now. And it's right. But, uh, you know, that 15-yard – I felt sorry for the uh, defender that, that committed that 15-yard foul at the end of the game. Because first off, he, he was playing as hard as he could possibly play. And, you know, he just lost – 
control and lost vision of where he was when he made that play. You know, and then to see him sitting on the bench after the ball game, sitting there crying. I mean, he he's going to live with that for the rest of his life. <laughs> and it is tough to do for a kid. He'll downplay it for sure, but how big a game seeing Philadelphia at the end of it will this be for Andy Reid? Well, you know, Andy Reid has always been able to do better than most coaches is keep everything in proper perspective. You know, nobody's going to outcoach Andy Reid. Nobody, okay? <laughs> Nobody. First off, he's got he's got the wisdom of how many championship games behind him already. So, uh, you know, it's going to come down, as you know, uh, to two teams playing well and utilizing the preparation over these last two weeks. And then also falling back on what they've done well all season to get there. You know, you can't reinvent the game in two weeks. You know, one reason I think we won the Super Bowl in 99 with the Rams is that was the one game that was played with no buy in between and didn't give me time to screw them up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we went ahead and played and won the ball game, if it had given me two weeks like we had with the Eagles, we might have lost it. <laughs> so, but Andy, you know, nobody is doing it better than Andy Reid. That's all there is to it. Nobody. And I, I think other coaches in the league will tell you the same thing. You know, now Nick Sirianni's done a wonderful job of getting him there. But let's just say he's a very young Andy Reid, okay? What makes Andy so good and better than everybody? I, look, I think based on the fact that Tom Brady won away from Bill Belichick and Belichick hasn't done anything since Brady left, Andy Reid's the best active coach right now and in the you know, in the conversation for the greatest of all time. Why is Andy Reid so successful no matter where he goes? Well, first off, he started out very good. And then he's coached all these years and built on what he really liked doing, eliminated the things he didn't like doing, eliminated the mistakes in judgment, in play calling, in design, and has built a package offensively that is extravagant, okay? Probably the finest offensive package in the history of the game when you stop and think about it. But... And I think Andy would tell you the same thing. He's been doing it for so long in the right frame of mind that he just understands everything his offense can do and when to use it and how to use it and why he's using it. You know, people always talk about the play caller. Well, anybody can call a play. All I have to do is read it off a script. You know, it's it's the design of it. It's the planning. It's the reason it's in the game plan. These are the things that make a play successful. Timing and the utilization of it, yes. And no, nobody, in my opinion, does it better than Andy. And I, I don't know if anybody has as much confidence in his old offense to do the little different things he does. You know, a lot of people might think about these different things to do, and then they wouldn't do it, including Dick Vermeil. You, you're chicken out, you know, because you're afraid it might explode in your face, but not Andy. You know, so I think the wisdom and the character of the man, the intelligence, uh, and he knows what kind of players he needs, his personnel department. You talk about seventh-round picks, fifth-round picks, third-round picks. They're, all, they're not all first-round pick wide receivers. You right. know? So the tight end, now, how to utilize it. He's teaching everybody how to utilize the tight end. Did you chicken out at some point on plays? Yes. Which yes. what what would you like like if if you look back and you're like man I wish I would have done that differently which which is the one that kind of stands out to you? 
Oh, that's too far back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I'm, I'm in on that. I There's can't no remember there, yesterday, but I, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I can remember doing it, putting a new play in, uh, and then running, you know, on practice field and all that, then get in the game in a critical situation and go back to what I've done before because I had more confidence because I've seen it in an intense environment. So, <laughs> no, Andy, Andy's really uh, bold in his play calling. Yeah, he, he because, truly is. Yeah. You know, you, I you, don't think – anyway, go ahead. No, no, finish up. I just – I don't think anything really surprises Andy anymore. He has so much experience and the accumulation of knowledge, and the ego has always been in proper position. You know, it's, it's never ever been about him. It's his staff, and they all work so well together. And, uh, you know, they just – they're an offensive machine. You mentioned play calling, right? We hear from people all the time, oh, this is a terrible play call. This is a terrible play call. How many of them are actually terrible play calls or just terrible execution or maybe the defense? Because I remember one time you said there's 11 other guys that are paid to kick your ass. How many times does does that come into play as well as opposed to that was a terrible play call like we want to say a lot? More often than not, a terrible play call is the end result of a poor fundamental breakdown by a player they didn't execute his fundamental well enough to get the play done properly, especially now in the passing game with offensive linemen. You know, <laughs> you know uh, uh, people, oh, it's a bad call, bad play, bad this. No, it, it broke down fundamentally, not in design. The play would have been good if everybody had done, the offensive linemen would have done what they were asked to do physically good enough to allow the quarterback to go ahead and execute the play. Mm-hmm. But that's true in a lot of, a lot of phases of offense and defense. Coach, before we let you go, watching Mahomes on a hobbled ankle perform the way that he did, what were you thinking watching a guy that injured play that well? Didn't surprise me. I don't think it really surprised anybody in Kansas City. You know, first off, if if he was seriously injured, they wouldn't have let him play. Okay, that's just the league is that way, and Andy's that way. But they knew uh, he could play. He probably surprised them, okay, hey, especially on the last play when he sprinted out of out of bounds and then got hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was running as if he wasn't injured. That's passion. You know, it doesn't hurt as much when you're being chased by a guy and you have a chance to win the ball, what ball game. Right. Know? So, yeah, he's amazing. He is absolutely amazing. The things he does with a football, uh, <laughs> I just, I've never seen him done before. He breaks all the rules. Yeah, he Remember, he, he coach, does. You coach your quarterback to hey, get your shoulders square, get your feet properly, point the toes here, get the tilt of the ball, do this, grip it properly. And here's Patrick Mahomes running all over the place, side arm, underarm, uh, underhanded, left-handed, and he gets it done. Uh, there'll be a lot of people trying to duplicate some of the things he does, but they, I don't think they'll be able to do it because it, it isn't instinctive. He doesn't plan to do it that way. It just happens in the battle, in the competition, that he has to adjust and do it this way, and that's what he does, and then he wins the game. It's, it's crazy to watch. Coach, we appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the beaches. Enjoy the, uh, the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, you take care. All right, tell Carol we said hi, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take, take care. Dick Vermeil with us here on 610 Sports Radio, the all-time greatest coach, in my opinion, of, of life.
and uh, football and everything. I take so much that I've learned in my career from I'm Dick Vermeil. He's got his stats out in front of he's him. Ready he's ready to roll. To yeah, us. the man's in his eighties. <laughs> he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. He's not coaching, but he's still coaching. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's still doing well, it. Great, he's though. still prepared. He's still ready yeah. to go. And his comment about the, the the penalties and the and and all of that kind of stuff that he talked about earlier was just just let the rules alone. Stop changing the rules and just let these guys play. Coming from a Hall of Fame head coach, hey, the NFL better listen up. Yeah. The NFL needs to listen up to that. He did a smart, smart thing too. I'm, I'm going to root for both, and I'll feel bad for the one that loses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a pretty good approach. I, yeah. I, I like that because yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to get asked for the next two weeks. Who are you rooting for, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you got a relationship with Andy. You've coached with the Chiefs. You coached with the Eagles. You went to the Super Bowl with the Eagles. You had a lot of success in Kansas City. Like, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for both, and whoever wins will be great, and whoever loses, I'll feel sorry for. What yeah. a great answer! Yeah, That's very good. Great very answer. Well thought out. Yeah. So not the split jersey. I was hoping he was going to wear a split <laughs> some kind of split jersey, but probably not. It was a, a strange, strange play on Sunday to be sure, but the refs actually didn't screw it up. Next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Patrick Mahomes joins CDOT every, every Monday, Monday at 2.15 for an exclusive one-on-one interview on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Come on, Torbert. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who had that feeling in the game on Sunday when we saw, was it Ron Torbert? Ron Torbert, yeah. Yeah, refing the game because yeah. I, I kept thinking of that major league run yeah. line. Come on, Torbert. I think it was Tolbert. <laughs> Tolbert or whatever. Yeah. But... Every, every time I see him ref, I think like, come on, Torbert. Yeah. I thought he did a wonderful job, and I'm being serious about that. I, I, I don't understand – why this game got away from the narrative of Patrick Mahomes playing on one ankle, ran for a first down, outran the Bengals, and beat Cincinnati on one leg, and it has turned into, from a national perspective, the officials screwed this game up. Because what what I witnessed, and, and again, I was having lunch with a friend of mine yesterday, and I said, I'm now looking at this from an unbiased view. Did I miss something here? How the officials possibly screwed this game up for the for the Cincinnati Bengals? Because I look at it and I go, there were calls on both sides you probably didn't agree with, but I didn't see any, any calls other than that last one, which was a penalty that were truly game-changing calls. I mean, the Chiefs had a touchdown called back. They had an interception called back. The Bengals had their fair share of things go awry. I thought it was a finely officiated game that, at the end of it, the teams ultimately determined Five what sacks, happened. Five sacks, two interceptions. I think it had way more impact than yeah than uh, than any calls. I didn't I didn't find anything completely egregious. Now the the redo third down. I'm like everybody else. I was like, what just happened? Here? Right, right. Well, it, it turns out it's a, it was a no play. Right, it was no it, play. Is what it happened. And, and they were they, trying to blow it dead before it got started. And they didn't. They didn't get the play stopped. And they're like, no, no, no. This we need to reset this and run the play again. Correct. Yeah. Now I'd have been hot if I were them for sure. You're like, what are you talking about? We just got to stop. Right. Gonna, if you're the Bengals, we're gonna yeah. This, we're going to play this play again. But yeah. the the rule of it all, Seattle so would just kind of let it go. Like, but the rule of it all said you don't. Right. And you 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 redo it. So they redid it. They redid it. 
because the ref messed that up. He did. He said, start the clock on my on my winding, and it should not have. The play clock should have started. The, the, the ball should have been snapped, and then the game clock should have been started. So they were correcting an error, and the error was corrected before the snap. It's just that the crowd was so loud, nobody could hear the whistles, and nobody was really paying attention to this referee running in from the, from the corner of the field to try to stop that game. And he wasn't exactly very aggressive about that as well. No. You watch the guy run in, and then all of a sudden the play starts, and he, oh, he gets out of yeah. the way, which I don't blame him. I'd yeah. get out of the way, too, of 22 NFL players charging down my throat. But I, I think you, you have to understand that, Ultimately, that game was not determined by the rest. It wasn't like Carl Cheffers was out there doing something and screwing up a game and blatantly calling things against the Chiefs that weren't penalties. Isn't I thought he, he's he's out there though. Oh, he so, is. I yeah. know. He, we we yeah. we'll, we'll get the Cheffers. Look, Josh, we got two weeks to talk about yeah. Carl Cheffers. I don't want to. I don't want to interfere right now true, with us still true. celebrating long, this. You know, this Super Bowl appearance and fret that guy. Right. I I, I just don't think you you, you want to be able to take it out of his hands. And quite frankly, I thought both teams took the game out of the officials' hands, but the national narrative seems to be and the Cincinnati narrative seems to be that the officials went out there and cost this team the game and I vehemently disagree with that and then the the other one that, that was on the the return like oh they clearly missed a block in the back I saw a guy look like he flopped yeah <laughs> like, yeah he was there was two players coming towards one player and the guy mm-hmm. went flying out of the way trying to draw a call I'm like I don't know if that was a penalty or not I didn't feel like it really was. So that's interesting you bring that one up because I was reading about that. that I watched play, that like tons right? of times. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't see it there. And, and and the rule book states it's not a block in the back if the player stops and basically caught. You know, like if you're walking down the supermarket aisle and somebody just stops in the middle of the aisle and block, everybody bangs block or charge. In. Yeah. Is that what we're doing here? Right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not a penalty because that guy stopped and basically caused a commotion. And there was nothing for the opposing player to do to try to get out of the way. Stop short. He stopped short. That's exactly what it was. He stopped short. And when you stop short in an NFL a lot game, of those in, Bob. I'm no, just saying. that's good. That's really good by you. Okay. Good job out of yeah. you. No, it's a, it's a really good, bam, bam, bam. really good reference there. Um, yeah, he stopped short. And and when he stops short, that then basically takes away the ability to call that penalty according to the rule book. I mean, God forbid we follow the rules that are out there right now and just don't react to what social media and what some people are saying in the national media who didn't do the deep dive to figure out what exactly was going on and why exactly those penalties weren't called. So when you stop short now, I would be telling all of my guys on special teams, hey, you get in a situation like that, maybe you try to stop short or something like that and cause a commotion. Maybe you get the ref to call a penalty in that situation. But the, but the, but the ruling is if you stop short and you quote-unquote get in the way on purpose – they're not calling that penalty because there's no way you as an individual can now avoid that person. And so they're not going to penalize you because that guy did something wrong. Ah, nuances. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.